What's good, everyone? Welcome back to Straight to Amp. What are we doing here again? Uh, chit-chatting. We're Go chit-chatting. This is Straight to Amp, your podcast for music, local artists in Winnipeg and Manitoba. My name is Alex, and I'm here with Renee and Jordan from Proper Operation. How's it going, gentlemen? We're doing Excellent. great. Thank you for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome, man. Yeah, start a new, it's the start of a new year. Lots of exciting things happening. You've got a EP out that you're uh, happy, you're excited about, I can tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for giving me a copy. We'll get some music on there as well. Uh, so, yeah, what's good? How's it going? Tell me about yourselves. Uh, it's going great. We are a proper operation. Uh, unfortunately, our drummer, Brendan, couldn't be here today, but uh, he's the other member of our three-piece rock outlet um, from Winnipeg and Portage Prairie, Manitoba, and been around since September 2017. A little bit now. Yeah. I'm Renee. Hi, Renee. <laughs> uh, I play the guitar in the band. I, yeah, I'm from Portage, so I've been driving out to Winnipeg, making uh, the trip, getting down to business. So how did you guys meet, man? Uh... We all kind of grew up in Portage Prairie. Oh, okay. Uh, going to school and stuff, mutual friends. I uh, I started jamming in 2013 myself, like uh, actually digging into the music. I've had acoustics around my whole life, but I never had the courage to just pick them up and get through like the hurting of the fingers and stuff and the learning curve. But uh, I started jamming in 2013, and Brendan was a good friend from school, and. Uh, so I invited him over because I knew he was a drummer and I had gotten a set of drums. And so I kind of learned from watching him. We invited Renee over because we knew that he, you know, was a musician in town. And uh, we started rocking back in like 2013. And then we didn't do anything as a group for probably, well, what, like four years, I guess. And then um, I'd broken my wrist and back in 2017 to where I needed surgery. And I couldn't play guitar, but I just bought this sick telly. Oh and no! I moved back out to Portage Prairie, so like I was making Renee p- pick it up as we were smoking outside and whatnot, you know. And uh, since I couldn't play it, just like randomly started throwing some words out, and uh, that's how our first few songs developed back in 2017. And then it was Renee and I, and we're like, "Look, we, these songs are, are fun. Yeah, uh, these songs are like it's a blast to do this." So I was like, "Well, let's find some dudes and get a band going." And so uh, we ended up getting our the dude who was our bassist in on it first and uh our drummer now is actually the drummer of our ex-bassist's cover band or whatever and they'd been jamming for a few years so, so that's they're like super tight yeah, like oh, right yeah. out of the hops. So, so that's how we ended up getting brendan in on the project and then sheldon left uh in fall of 2017 because he wanted to go back to school and uh just didn't really have time to give it his all so Unfortunately, we lost him, but uh, we've evolved past not having a bassist. Uh, we have the two guitars and the dual vocals going, um, powerful backbone on the drums, and we make it work. Yeah. Renee, Renee can talk, tell you a little bit about it, how he has his rig set up since we uh, don't have a bass player. Yeah. Um, I'm ultimately, I am curious because I'm like, I, I'm a bass, I, I grew up okay, on bass. Okay, for sure. Like. I feel like I, I want to say at first it's just kind of changing how I'm writing the new songs, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, I've been running through a bass amp as well as a guitar amp, and I have like separate overdrives on both amps. And But I have a big muff going to both of them because you need the big muff going to both amps, of course. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've just been writing more like bassy kind of 
chuggy kind of stuff. Uh, but then I also have a, what is it called? The harmonizer pedal. And I'm using it as like an octave up. So you, so there's kind of like a bassy thing going on. And then you can add that synthy almost like space sound too. So I think I had one of those. Or maybe it was Derek that had yeah, one. The, I love that harmonize. The boss. Oh, so good. That was one of my favorite pedals to at least try. I never owned one though. Um, so it gives you a bit of like, it gives you that low end and then you got a bit of a high end to make up for it. And then yeah, exactly. Use, kind of, how do you write for that then? Is it with like, you, um, make, you kind of target to the low end maybe? I try it. I like to keep it like pretty chuggy on the bottom strings and I try to do like bass fills and stuff in the newer songs. I feel like it's thick enough that it cuts through in that way, but it also just, it, I think it's super unique. I don't know. It's It definitely plumps up uh, the, our sound. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Fills the having, room. <laughs> like, I am very simplistic with, with my writing, I, I feel, kind of. And uh, Renee does have some more advanced lead skills. And so, like, the way that dynamics work together, it's, I don't know, it's, it's something. So you're, you're establishing that chemistry, then. You kind of oh, yeah. rock. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah riff off each other at least a little. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know, the, the, almost the majority of our songs have come to be from just, like, plugging in, like, and Brendan will just, like, sit behind his kit and he'll start playing something and then Renee starts and then I'll just, like, grab my guitar, hop on the mic and, like, say something and then we're like, oh, that's good and, like, we'll feel it for a minute and then we'll just, like, hit record and just, like, hit it and fucking we've developed, like, at least five of our yeah. 18 songs that we've written in the last year that way. Where it, just, it just came off the top of the head and like uh, you, you know you go and you listen to the recording and pull out like what, what you want change, change a couple words it's funny at the end of one of the recordings Brendan he, he stopped playing and right before he hit stop on the uh, yeah. on the phone or whatever he's like what was that <laughs> he's like what song was that but like yeah there, there's at least one or two that uh, have that type of ending on them where, where like we're just like was that a song like Oh, that just flowed like did, did we know that <laughs> so you guys record most of your jams then eh how do you what do you record with just iPhones um, just Renee has a little recorder similar to this one I'm not he, he could tell you about my it, precious but just, we, we don't <laughs> use it too often these days um, but yeah mostly just like the memo voice memo on Apple oh yeah. yeah that's such a good tool to have when I started jamming with my original band I was playing bass and a little bit with my friend and um we used to use this like um our buddy rob who helps out with this podcast had an old xv computer and a little can a little microphone that like was probably the size of a toonie so we'd take that huck it in the back corner of the room because we're a five piece at the time trying to record on something that was probably half as powerful as your iPhone. Mm-hmm. And it actually worked pretty good. It captured almost everything. Did you throw a blanket on it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're just raw. Nice. <laughs> it's a good way to kind of hear back what your music sounds like, at least to Definitely. someone else. Yeah, it like. captures like the room sound to kind of like that whole live vibe, I guess. Does it influence how you structure your songs after that? Do you take listen to what you made and just tweak it uh, after. Y- yes, yeah. pretty well, yeah. Like, we just break it down and study it, try to structure things, add things in. Like, as we jam it, we'll come up with new parts. Oh, you yeah. know, those flow. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Lately, it seems to be the words that are 
getting written last. Like, uh, in the beginning, like, I'd just, like, have a melody in my head and there wouldn't be music to it, and I'd, like, write a song and then kind of, like, get the riff going and show Renee, and then he'd write a part, and then Sheldon would write a part, and Brennan would come. But, uh, lately, yeah, like, the, the music flows, but, uh, the, the words are always the last piece of the puzzle that are coming into place. Hey, man, all the biggest <laughs> artists. I know Maynard Kane from Tool does that as well. Yeah, okay. But when you're writing, sometimes you just got to take that whatever piece fits last and work mm-hmm. it in. For sure. Mm-hmm. be kind of weird to, in my head. Like, I, you can't force it, sorry. No. Like, you, yeah, like, you can't force any piece of the process. Like, you don't want to rush anything. Um, like, you don't want to be, be too focused on the words and be sacrificing the rest of the picture you know exactly yeah so what do you think inspired the sound that you made that's a tough one um like i I guess not really a tough one it's just tough to narrow down because there's such a wide array lots of influences yeah yeah. um i grew up listening to like classic rock like pink floyd uh fleetwood mac super tramp like um of course like some acdc and stuff never anything too heavy but like the real classic rock. Um, that's what my dad fed me growing up. And like as I started to develop my own sense and what I appreciated out of music, um, I got really into hip hop in like um, in high school and middle school. And then I just like ever since age like eighteen, I've just been like hard into punk rock and like anything fast and angry. Like uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be heavy, but like loud guitars and distortion and fucking yelling like just giving it just hits me oh yeah gets me like i'll I'll fire it up (laughs) that's awesome though like um i find that your our music is always generally built off the music that we've grown up with and whenever i wrote it was always just I, I grew up on heavy metal. Well, that came in around high school. My friends found the heavy metal. I just like relished in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it hard to diversify until it was in my 20s. And I'm like, you know what? There's other stuff out there. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. So it was limiting in some ways, but it also influenced a lot of what I did. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, like, um, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Renee. I was just going to say for me, like, I grew up playing the fiddle. Like, I started playing the fiddle when I was like six years old. And my whole family is, like, deeply rooted in, like, old-time, folky, country kind of music. So, like, until I was probably, like, 12 or so, that's basically all I listened to was, like, that folky kind of stuff. But I really feel like the fiddle has, like, influenced how I play the guitar. It, I don't know. I feel like I make it sing a little more. I know nothing about how to play the fiddle. <laughs> it's like, a different teach, one. Tell me everything. Um... Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's difficult. There's a, string, there's a stick with some strings yeah, on it. Yeah, it's, it's called a bow. It's, it has horse hairs on it. And you rub tree sap on it. So it grips the strings and uh, causes them to vibrate, I guess. And there's no frets or anything on it. Lots of people think there's frets on it, but it's all fretless. So you, you really have to know where the notes are and stuff. But it's all in the wrist, man, how you move the bow. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be like, yeah. It's a tough one for sure, but. So you said that kind of influences how you write your music too on the guitar. Uh, yeah, like for my solos and stuff, because like when I. I like the way that he attacks the strings. Yeah, like I don't think of it as a guitar so much as I do just like 
Like sometimes, like Jordan was saying, man, I heard saxophones when we were jamming oh, the yeah. other day. So yeah, I yeah. try not to like think of the guitar as solely like a guitar. You know what I mean? Kind of oh, yeah. like super versatile, especially with pedals. Mm-hmm. Love pedals. <laughs> they just change everything. Definitely. I can hear Derek's ears burning. He's got a giant pedal board, um, and he's a, he's the biggest gearhead ever. Oh, you too? You too. <laughs> he <laughs> has so many himself. pedals. I, I've only spent like 3200 in pedals this year. Oh, like wow. on, my, on my pedal board, between the board and the case, and so like, what's on it. I think there's 16 pedals on there. You have like the biggest pedal train you can get, right? No, no. No? I, 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 so far. Was, uh, <laughs> I'd ordered one. And then I go, saw it, I went to go pick it up, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, how am I gonna get this around? Um, with the tour case, man, like it was like almost as tall as me, and I'm six foot four. It was like maybe a foot shorter. But like it had no wheels, it had no like handles on the sides. It had like one handle in the middle on the top of it. And it was just like this huge case, it's like this long, this thick, like this. I, they can't see, but it's massive. Well, if it's just shorter than you, shorter than you at six foot four, that yeah. speaks. <laughs> something I definitely don't have the patience for to carry between shows. Do you like, bring everything with you, or? Uh, for, for shows, yeah. Like uh, my rig consists of my pedal board. Uh, you, you, you've just been hitting the stage with one guitar lately. Like I okay. don't, don't usually break strings, but uh, that and then I switch it up between. I have a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe with a slash and A type. And uh, I recently picked up a Fender DeVille 410 that I've been really liking. And uh, I was switching up between the two of them, but going into this new year, I'm gonna be playing like a stereo setup. And I have uh, my Fender Hot Rod Deluxe set up to be uh, more high treble. Like I have the bass scooped down, mids up, and the treble up. And then I have it reverse mids down, treble down, and bass up on the DeVille. So it's also plumping up the tone and just giving more f- flavor. So you're using two amps to just fill out your sound a little bit. Yeah, like I got, I got the 410 DeVille set to be a little bassier, and then I have the Deluxe to be nice and twangy. Like I play a Fender Baja Telecaster. That's my baby. and um, It's got the S1 switch to, oh, I'm not sure exactly, like switches the, pick, it's got four pickup positions, with the S1 switch on, position one and three get switched from running the pickup series to parallel. Okay. I don't know. Someone, uh, someone will know what that means. Hopefully. Not me. Beyond me. <laughs> I, I, was, I don't even know. I, hey, I was infamous for just like, I had very specific ways of setting up my old bass amp. And mm-hmm. like, if you if you're to put me in front of it now, I just kind of scratch my head. I'm like, oh, bass goes here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. With all the knobs on all the pedals that I have, like, uh, it's definitely been a learning curve like duck dialing in desirable tones sometimes um i know like anyone who's played with a bunch of pedals will know that like it's a fine line between too too much effect and like like oh yeah absolutely like, if you slap on too many pedals like it can it can sound kind of cool but it can also start getting a little fucky <laughs> you can farty yeah <laughs> <laughs> i used to mash together uh, on my old bass when I was in my, one of my first bands, um, a wah pedal and I had a multi. I have a multi effect as well, which mm-hmm. I still have actually. And 
just combining those two alone could create some really good sounds, but with bass, it's a little more limited, so it wouldn't take very long before everything turned into this, like, fat farting sound. <laughs> All right, well, you know, totally this is what we're doing out. today. It's either that or add some buzz. What are my options here? Yeah, yeah like, I don't know, on my board, I have uh, tremolo reverb, I have another stereo tremolo, uh, compressor, boost, overdrive, fuzz, one pedal I have it's called the dirt doubler but it's just like an overdrive essentially um, some course but like I don't know that's all I fuck with <laughs> that's it um, Renee had, as you're saying like he's got his uh, harmonizer pedal he yeah. doesn't really dabble with any reverb or anything. He's just like above yeah Jordan has such a colorful sound that I try and keep it like sort of dry if you know what I mean Oh yeah, just straight distortion yeah. and overdrive. <laughs> Filthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice and chuggy, man. Yeah, I like to bring in like the bright uh, space sounds, yeah, swirls, that, that kind of stuff. Like oh, kind of um, like the like really like galaxy tones. <laughs> well, like nothing too spacey, but like I definitely like to chuck some uh, like high decay reverb in there. <laughs> Keep the amb like I like ambience and definitely. whatnot. I definitely appreciate that. It's something that I utilize. That's cool. Is uh, amb ambient tones like nothing too far out. Definitely because like we do, like we we say that we play like indie grunge punk music, but like we're kind of stepping away from uh, have, having like being spread across, like stating that we're spread across all these genres, and, and we're just kind of trying to push for like the all rock title yeah because like that, that's that's basically what we're doing like alternative rock kind of covers all those genres which we have like which uh, are parts of our sound so it, instead of being like we're grunge indie punk uh garage rock 90s. This, this that band <laughs> we're going for this too like we're doing all rock man um it's so much easier that way definitely I, I could start on an all-day tangent about yeah. how much i hate how those genres are dealt with subgenres subgenres yeah. sub subgenres do you ever watch that movie uh, that documentary from the early 2000s uh, as uh, metalhead that went around and interviewed oh i know what you're blanking talking. on the name of it he had two videos or two documentaries one was mainly focused on um, just like western music and then the second one he went across the world uh, Headbanger's Journey. Yes. Okay. okay thank God, I remember uh, I, that. I was <laughs> I'm personally not familiar. Excuse me, but yeah, uh, I was a Canadian anthropologist. He grew up on heavy metal and just went around, just like ex talking about those, um, meeting all these artists and talking about like just heavy metal and like the influence it has. Part of what he did on that first uh, documentary is he, he charted out all these subgenres and how these bands like uh, connected them together. Or, and yeah. it just made my head spin. I'm like, what is the point it's, of this? It's yeah. <laughs> hard to keep track uh, and too much. Do you and I find that everyone just has their own slight variance on what a certain sub-genre uh, sub means. Um, so Yeah, well, I'll, like, you know what? Like, everybody interprets, some, like, what they hear and what they consume differently. Exactly. So, like, I don't know. It can be such a testy conversation, so I tend to just There's avoid too many ways to all together. That's not alt rock grunge <laughs> slash. I'm like, no, just stop, just stop. Uh, just let me bang. I'm gonna call it rock. <laughs> I'm gonna call it rock slash country, and you're gonna accept it now. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> it's not appealing. <laughs> 
So let's talk about your demo. Uh, what was it called? Life is Hard. Mm -hmm. uh, your first demo, you released it just last year. I got a copy of it. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, welcome. How, so talk. How did you? When did you start recording it? Tell me about that. We started in April or May of 2017. That sounds about right. Yeah. And we uh, we did it all ourselves. We just rented an interface from Long and McQuaid and like shout out mics. Um, yeah, shout out to Long and McQuaid. Those guys are super dope. Um, rented the equipment, did it ourselves. Our drummer Brendan uh, just used Logic on his iMac. Yeah. And we started it off. We what started first, like drum tracks for the. Three well, songs it's we actually funny do? because we, we, me, Jordan, and our old bassist, we were thinking we were gonna go in there and record like scratch tracks so Brendan could play along, and we have it all set up so Brendan can come in and we sit down and we record the scratch tracks. Then we get into the studio and Brendan's just like. Why is this all in here? <laughs> we're like, oh, we're going to do the scratch tracks, man. He's like, no, 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 no. And he just sat down and busted out all his tracks right there. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we got the drum tracks done for the three songs that were going to be on the demo. And uh, then things kind of came to a halt. We were waiting to finish up one or two gu guitar tracks on one or two of the songs and yeah. um, we, we just couldn't really get the, the time to get to, like couldn't find the time to get together between the four schedules and so we ended up finishing recording in August I think yeah August late early. August or early September and then like correct me if I'm wrong or anything. I think but, that's uh, about right. Yeah, yeah. We got back to it and we once again rented equipment, set shit up at uh, Hannah's parents' place out in the country in the basement and finished up vocals and stuff. We just hung blankets from the ceilings, from the tiles and uh, did our best. It was, it was my first time personally ever recording any, any music at all. Um, Brendan had recorded like his own like drum demos and stuff for YouTube mm -hmm. and whatnot. Renee's recorded before, but uh, it was something new for me. And being like the vocalist on all the tracks, um, yeah, it, it, it was kind of frustrating trying to bang out vocals at 2 a.m. when I was running off no sleep and whatnot, just trying to get it done so we could get the equipment back on time. <laughs> and like, but yeah, so we ended up finishing it up uh, in late August, early September. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we sent it off to Brad Moggy, or Moogie. Moggy, Brad Moggy. Shout out Brad Moggy. Yeah, shout out to Brad Moggy. And uh, he, he mixed up the tracks for us and mastered them and sent them back to us. And then we released it November 3rd, I believe is the official release date online. Bonus. But uh, yeah, so recorded throughout half the year of uh, 2017 and then released in November. Um, our, the original plan, like, it got really pushed back. Like, we were, we were wanting to have it ready for, like, uh, July at the latest. Like, it was supposed to be June, and then... Hey, late happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of why we decided with the Life is Hard, um, just because it was such a struggle being, like, I don't know, <laughs> millennials who are just trying to scrape together some cash and, like, put, put something out there that people can listen to between shows. Like, um... It definitely was a challenge to get the time off, get the money together, um, le learning the software yeah. ourselves to record, um, yeah. pl placement of mics and stuff, 
to like you know get there's a lot of troubleshooting just, that's yeah. for sure <laughs> oh but uh, it was it was a blast like what a sweet experience. oh yeah it's so fun there's such a huge learning curve with it eh? mm-hmm. um even with all the tools and toys we get we have access to just, yeah it's still quite I find it to be overwhelming at times to know it's definitely with so many options with so much to learn definitely. but just like being able to take what you have make it work to get something out there and crossing that first milestone can always just get better totally uh, I just want to touch on the on the fact that uh, this demo it, it was like recorded we just multi-tracked it as Brittany was saying like we were going to do scratch tracks Brittany just hit it and then we did a uh, bass and then guitars and vocals was the yeah. order of the recording and then uh yeah, so it, we were trying to go for as much as a live sound as we kind of could. We just uh, recorded guitars mono. We didn't do stereo or anything. It was our first oh, time, yeah. so we didn't really know that <laughs> that would be a nice thing to have on there. But next time, I guess, um, we, ha- we have recordings booked uh, for the, thir- the, 13th. the 13th this next Sunday at the University of Manitoba with David yeah. Dobbs. Oh, we're really and, uh, we're to gonna it. do four tracks live off the floor that we'll have oh. to release in the next couple months. That's awesome. So we're super excited about that. Um, yeah, we won't touch on what songs we're playing and stuff. You guys will have to wait and see what's gonna be up. awesome though. Keep me in suspense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was one of the bigger lessons you learned just recording that, getting this first EP out? Um, one of the biggest lessons learned through the recording process or like get getting out to the from concept to to the shelves um for the next band coming through that wants to record their um, first ep renee <laughs> uh, <laughs> jordan's like i didn't learn anything yeah sorry <laughs> um okay. i don't have an excuse if you want to do it yourself like YouTube tutorials are great. <laughs> like, Agreed. They are lifesavers, honestly. <laughs> yeah. um, but other than that, just like... What did it cost us to, to rent the equipment and whatnot? Um, like, we already had the drum mics. We have our drum mics, so we didn't have to rent those. But like... To, like, like, I was... 100 bucks and I was max. afraid of what it was going to cost and what we were going to sink into the project. But like, um, I'm pretty sure... We like recorded everything, got it mixed and mastered, got it on a disc for like four hundred bucks or so, like four fifty maybe. Or or was it a little more? <laughs> I'm a terrible I would say that's probably okay. Well, what I'm trying to say though is don't let the the price and like um like the effort that it's gonna take stop you. Like get out, make your music, record your music, and like share it with the do world. Do your thing, yeah. Um, yeah, don't I mean, let anything stop you. Also, Chase practice it. really hard before you go yes. in the studio. Yeah. Oh my god! Don't waste time. Yeah, rehearse, <laughs> rehearse, rehearse. If you're gonna, if you think you're ready, rehearse some more. Definitely. <laughs> know your parts. Do your homework, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be underprepared in there. Um, or overprepared, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you got you're gonna do some live recordings uh, in the next uh, next little while there. Uh, what else do you have planned for 2019? Uh, we, we have our first show booked. Um, it's going to be at the Cavern, February 9th, with cool. Forest Pilots and Zero Frames, um, two kick-ass local bands. Um, we haven't played with Forest Pilots yet, so it'll be a first. We're super stoked for that. Yeah. Uh, Zero Frames, 
we played with our very first Winnipeg show back in April 2017, so it'll be really fun to reunite with them on the forefront 2019. Oh, okay. um, or sorry, not 2017, 2018, April 2018. But it'll, it'll be really dope to play with them again. They're like nerdy, like Weezer rock type vibes. Um, su- super cool dudes. I love Weezer. <laughs> yeah, Weezer's that. dope. <laughs> Um, tell me about your first show. That just kind of tricked me into one of the questions uh, I wanted to ask. Our, our very first show was actually a house show that we oh, did yeah. in Portage Prairie. Okay. Um, decided to invite some friends and family down and show them what we've been slaving away at. And uh, it was great. We probably had like, what, 25, 30 people show up? Yeah, like 35 to think 40, so? yeah. I think. It okay. was pretty rocking in yeah. there, man. No, it was dope. Um, but we... <laughs> Had pretty well, like we only had four covers on the set maybe, and the rest was original music. We played like 45 minutes, and this was like two or three months after forming the band. So uh, yeah, we were it, writing like wow. crazy that summer. Yeah, we were right out of the gate, and uh, I don't know, it was fun. It, it, was, it was very comfortable to be at my house and whatnot, <laughs> in like front of, in front of friends and family instead of like a bunch of strangers. So like, it wasn't very nerve-wracking and stuff. Um, just a great experience overall. I think everybody had a wonderful night. That's awesome. Mm. Um, have you played? Where have you played uh, within the city? Within the city, we've played uh, Mr. Bones and like, or no, it's Bulldog, Bulldog Pizza, Pizza now. Pizza yeah, now, it's, yeah. it's changed names a couple times. Uh, sweet Pizza Place up on Main Street. If you oh, don't okay. know, don't know about it, thirteen sixty four Main Street. Um, they got a six stage set up. They got lights. sweet lights. Sound guy there, Greg Dornwick. Dwarnik? Yeah, yeah. Greg's yeah, awesome. He's awesome. Killer yeah. sound guy. Um, we've played there, and we've played the Cavern so far. Um, we have another show in the works for the end of March that we can't really d- discuss. We can say it's going to be a proper operation, Confucian Guests. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, we, we don't want to release the venue yet or the Fair other enough. band. That's awesome. So, but, it's yeah, hype, we're, we're extremely <laughs> excited for that. Shout out to Confucia. Um, Love Confucia. Yeah. Joy to play with. <laughs> We've done two shows with Confucia in the last year. Um, one in Portage of Prairie. They came out to our hometown at the time, Portage of Prairie, and uh, came and played the bar with us and Bad Pants when they were oh, still yeah. around. That was actually our first ever venue show or whatever, like, you know, playing on an actual stage in front of an audience. It was exhilarating as it, expected. It, you know, it was what? wild, it, man. It, it was insane. Um, being a new musician, musician, and never like having that experience before, to have Bad Pants and Confucia opening for us for our first show, it was just like super pretty surreal. surreal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love. I miss the um, just the live show um, experience, being on the stage and getting ready. It's so much stuff mentally to prepare for all the practicing or organizing gets coordination a sometimes and then it's over <laughs> yeah <you're> done <laughs> so quick <laughs> yeah no man uh wow i don't even know how to elaborate on that because i just have so much so many thoughts popping into my head about like pre- from previous preparations towards getting up on stage like there's definitely there's, there's so much going through your mind um like, but once you're on stage, yeah, like it, it just rolls. It just goes. Yeah, right. there's the, nothing the, on the your chaos, mind. But the chaos forms a single line and enters the room. There's so much that can go wrong. Getting ready for a show, I find there's so much stress and things that happen. And ultimately, one of the first lessons I had to learn was, yeah, 
Just roll um, with it. You got to roll with the punches. And once you can just kind of get past that mental hurdle, I find the rest of it's just enjoyable. Shit happens. So true. Yeah. Like, a couple gonna, beers doesn't hurt either. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, every show, like, I have so many pedals. Like, I, I step on the wrong pedal at least, like, once a show. And, like, uh, you know. So how, how many pedals do you bring per show? Uh, well, all like, of them. Yeah, I have 16 on my board. Like, they don't oh, come man. off. They just travel with me. <laughs> oh, no, fair enough. They're all coming. Uh, I have like eight, so like half. I honestly six. use all of them throughout a set. Like, I, I make find ways to utilize them. And uh, I don't know. It surprises me a little bit. Like, it's, it's kind of weird sitting down with the guitar without pedals. Oh, it's yeah. Like, I'm so used to like this exuberant array of tones that I can get. And then, like, I sit down with an acoustic. And it's just like, you know. It's a little different, <laughs> but it's... You don't got the chorus and the reason. <laughs> all, all that modulation and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's, like, that's the roots of what I'm doing. Like, so many people just plug straight straight to the amp. Yeah, that's, and, that's uh, where I the main came guess from. I'm, I'm guessing not one of them. <laughs> but that's definitely something to uh, be valued, is, is, like, people who can do a set without all the effects and shit. And like it's in the music, opposed to like in the tone and in the yeah. I think that's something that comes with a lot of um, just experience as a musician is being able to work with what you have in the moment. Mm -hmm. A pedal breaks, or if a guitar breaks, or it doesn't sound right, or your amp crashes, you have to use someone else's. You're just you can either be like a deer in a headlights, or you can be like, oh well, this is what I'm working with. Let's see how this goes. And um, some of the best I've seen amazing musicians just completely fall apart on stage because they broke a string I'm like uh, you got this man yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's it, I think it's all it breaks head, a right? string like fucking every second show at least oh man I get into it <laughs> like there, there was this Dig right in there, there was this man. weekend a month back and like we were rehearsing in this one song uh, Buzzin' that we play every time he went into the solo like probably five takes in a row he broke a string <laughs> and like I cannot believe it like by the end of the night he was using one of my I guitars was, I was absolutely terrified of that song for the next like month playing it live yeah. so, so please don't happen right now <laughs> it didn't thankfully oh, no but even when it does man like I don't know you do you just bring two guitars with you now? yeah I try to bring at least two guitars to a show with me but I try to just play the set with one guitar if I can oh yeah yeah like when we started off I, I used to bring two or three guitars to a show and like I'd like have certain songs planned because like guitars are your tools like they're your tone tools and so like I was like okay this guitar this song was written on it or it sounds better on this than this one with these pickups and all that so like for a while I was hauling around th three guitars to a gig and uh, I don't know it's I, a lot after I, a while I like. don't anymore long story short I <laughs> You're preaching to the choir, man. When it came to me being in bands, I'm the laziest motherfucker you can meet. I, I don't want to bring a bunch of gear. I, used to I mean, like, that's, that, that, that's why I have my pedal board, I guess. It's like, I got that's my tones fair. on there. I don't need to bring three guitars and all that's this. That's true. Like, I used to I like bring, to like, keep 14 pieces of a drum kit with me and, like, all the bells yeah. and the whistles. I'm like, this is <laughs> enough of this. <laughs> slowly stripped it away after every show and I'm like well let's see how much I can get away with on this set mm -hmm. here today well yeah I don't know it's, it's totally possible like you watch some drummers and they're just hi-hats kick and snare and like they're just going 
Gotta appreciate that. Crazy, man. There's a, there's a time for the giant, the full range kit, and there's a time where it's like, you know, the if fucking you're playing. Kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to, I brought my giant kit to a house party once, and that was probably more than <laughs> I needed. That's to say laughter. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the homeowners appreciated that at their Christmas party. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, speaking of house shows, we just uh, we just had a kick-ass house show on the 29th. Oh, yeah. We, I just moved back to the city December 1st oh, nice. in uh, Fort Gary, so we had a little housewarming party slash early New Year's get-together uh, potluck thing, but Death Trip, they're a three-piece instrumental like psychedelic blues donor oh, cool. rock band. Um, they came out and rocked out with us in my basement and uh, I don't know it was kick ass yeah I, they rocked the house I got fucking lit as soon as <laughs> Jordan was, was beyond lit um, yeah but yeah <laughs> nothing but a great time house shows that's, that's what before I'm it up do you get lit before after before or after you play <laughs> after the set after. very yeah, wise yeah. Yeah. I had the Played with too many people that like to party a little too hard before you start the set. I, yeah, once again, that was a habit kind of in the beginning. Like, I'd calm my nerves a little too much. And uh, since, since like, even April of last year, like, I've, I, I like to try to stay sober besides a little bit of weed before my sets. Probably. And then I'm, I'm free to indulge afterwards. But, like, yeah. when you hit go, there's... You're on go. You're, you got to be on me. point. You got to be on. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap this up, thank you again for coming. Before we go, who should we be listening to? Do you have any local Manitoba bands? Uh, who do you like? Who should who should everyone be uh, checking out? Chico Confucia for sure. Confucia. Let's uh, let's let's throw some. Any songs in particular? Uh, their whole um, their whole album. What's it called? Ashtray, quit in moderation. Yeah, their whole is album right? is yeah. dope. Yeah, it's quit in moderation. Listen to the whole thing. All right. I'm such a like the, um, once again. There's there's so many amazing bands in the city and artists, um, solo artists. Like, we were just singing along to some groups. Yeah. Like um, we we're singing along to Easy Trance before we came yeah. here. And you know what? Easy Trance. Like, uh, are, are, are they are they from Winnipeg? I think I they're from they're Winnipeg. From. They're all over the place. They're down in California. Here and there in Vancouver, back in Manitoba. But Easy Trance is super dope. Um, feel free to check that out. It's really funky. Um, I saw the Love Tongues for the first time a couple of weeks back. They're, they're pretty sick. Um, saw them do like a Christmas party set oh, nice. at the cavern. And uh, it was rocking. Shout out to those guys. Um, Mobina Galore is a staple. Oh, yeah. In Winnipeg. Like, come on. Uh, here, they're flowing now. We got the Rippers. Um, Blake, uh, I don't know. Um, Sleepless just went on tour. Yes, Sleepless is from Portage of Prairie in Winnipeg, and uh, they just got booked a four month tour yeah. um, across Canada. So they were supposed to play this uh, cavern show with us in February, and then they got offered this sweet deal of a lifetime and went and hit the road. So, like, got new all, all the best to Sleepless on their t- 2019 tour. Um, have fun, boys. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> rock it. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming down. It was a pleasure thank to you meet you. Thanks for having us here. All right, we'll see you uh, very soon, 2019, big year ahead. Yeah, sounds great. Once again, uh, our first show of the year is coming up February 9th. It's a Saturday at the Cavern with uh, Zero Frames and Forest Pilots. It's going to be sick. Bring your friends. Doors at 9, music at 10, 10 bucks to get in. Music till like 1.30, can't go wrong. All right, guys. 
Appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening in. See you next time. Thing to say